This is KGMI Connects with Joe Tian, a live local show about our community and you on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Great to have you with us here on this Wednesday afternoon. And as always, we'll take your calls and your comments, your questions, your ideas, your opinions at 360-676-5464. But we start off with a guest here on the program and a discussion about the Whatcom Racial Equity Commission, a new entity formed by uh, Whatcom County to do just, I guess, what its, what its title says. And uh, it's in the process of being put together, uh, members being appointed to this commission. And among those on the committee that is appointing those members is Vernon Damani Johnson. He is a longtime uh, 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 political science professor at Western Washington University, a resident of our community. And uh, first of all, uh, Vernon, thanks for joining us today. Great to have you here on uh, KGMI Connects. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. You bet. And we've had you on before. It's been quite some time, but uh, great to have you back here on the program. And uh, and the Whatcom Racial Equity Commission, and we've talked about it here on this program. People have some thoughts about it and I guess maybe maybe misconceptions or conceptions about it. Uh, what what exactly, I guess, is this commission? Uh, what what is it focused on? I well, I guess that's pretty self-explanatory in the name. Well, and and uh, I'll just remind of folks that um, this is uh, uh, a local example of of the many kinds of things that grew out of the protest uh, following the the murder of, of George Floyd. Uh, uh, by Minnesota, um, Minneapolis, Minnesota police there in the early summer of 2020. And, you know, you had all kinds of protests all over the country. And and we had our protests here in Bellingham and Washington County. And it, it is interesting because it, it, this notion of establishing a, a racial equity commission came out of the conversations between the activists here and uh, local government officials. Um, and it's, um, I, I, there are examples of this kind of, uh, these kinds of commissions in other places in the country, some that have been in, in place for, you know, before George Floyd. Uh, but in, in, in 2020, that, this is not, uh, you know, sort of the norm of what we saw around the country, but it is what happened here. And it is a call for a racial equity commission. Now, is your question so? What, why are, 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 did people think this was a good idea? Or yeah. Um. Well, I think you know the language of um, systemic racism—the idea that uh, that there is racism in uh, most, if not all, of America's. Uh, political, social, and economic institutions uh, got raised by those who were most appalled and, and and most put off by what happened to George Floyd. And of course, with the Black Lives Matter movement being uh, the leading uh, element uh, that, of course, had been around since uh, as far back as the killing of Trayvon Martin back in 2012, and then really exploded uh, with uh, the 
filming of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. And that then that movement's been around. And, so, and, and this was another moment when when it uh, gained national prominence. But so th- then all over the place, you had uh, what came to be called a, a sort of a racial reckoning. Um, and um, the argument that 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 there has been a history of institutional or systemic racism in the United States was made. And and, and I think your listeners, it comes as no surprise, um, at least as that conversation played out, that uh, people who were more on the left were making that argument and, and, pe- and that there was a whole segment of the population uh, that accepted it, uh, whether they had been on the left before or not. Uh, and then... Um, there's another sector or, or or segment a segment of our national population who who wouldn't wouldn't go that far who, who don't really think that that's true and to some extent i i think those those the opinions about this this question of whether or not there is systemic racism in the united states are are another moment of the the polarization in our country um Around a whole host of issues that we could talk about, um, but so so it, it, here locally you had uh, uh, the county executive and Bellingham City uh, uh, mayor uh, Seth Paul Sidhu and, and and Seth Fleetwood and and also um, uh, the county prosecutor uh, uh, were among those who said, "Well, no, this uh, we hear you this." this uh, this idea that we should have, because what happened is that following some demonstrations, um, uh, activists said, uh, we think we, we should have something like a racial equity commission. And then um, basically uh, some of the officials said, well, that let's have some listening sessions. Is what, so that's what happened over the summer uh-huh. of 2020, you'll, you'll recall. Right. They were, on, they were on Zoom, but there were a series of them. And, and quite a number of people came in and and, and basically Seth Paul and, and, and Seth Fleetwood listened. Um, they were there to, to hear. And then uh, following that, then uh, 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 more conversations happened. And, and, and the idea of having some sort of a, a racial equity commission uh, was, was, was devised. Um, so, um, so, 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 uh, so, People in authority here bought it, bought the idea, and um, and then there was a stakeholders process that took place uh, between. The, first of all, there was a a racial equity summit in the spring of twenty uh, twenty one, uh, at which over two hundred people uh, signed in on Zoom. Um, present company being being one of them. And um, and they brought they had uh, some examples from all over the country of the kind of work that was being done uh, in the wake of George Floyd's murder, and uh, and then um, they asked for people to, to to come forward to be stakeholders in a process uh, of devising the commission, and I was I volunteered, okay. uh, and that was over the summer of 2021. So it so. Uh, so obviously, I'm in a, a faction uh, uh, of those in the United States who think that uh, systemic racism, if you want to say, you know, 
institutional racism um, um, is a part, uh, 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 an ongoing part of our, our nation's um, institutional setup, and um, think that, that it might be, it is a good idea to, to have a commission that would begin to address that. And, and uh, let me just finish up just quickly. Uh-huh. So the commission, uh, the, the, the purpose of the commission is to look at areas of racial inequity in terms of outcomes and to uh, make, you know, uh, collect data on, on, on these inequities um, and, and, and have conversations about what can be done to address them and make recommendations, first of all, to um, the county government and, and the city of Bellingham. But I think the point is to to make uh, to to come to some conclusions about um, the fact that these inequities exist, and then then have the community talk about how it is that we might um, address them. And, and seek to alleviate them. And so that's not just a, a government. That is, um, I mean, if we talk about some of the issue areas, if we talk about public health outcomes, which um, um, people like the Chuckamay Health Foundation and the, uh, the, the Washington County uh, uh, Public Health Advisory Board have data on, on racial inequities in, in, in uh, health care outcomes and, and, and just people's health outcomes. And access to things like healthcare would be an area. Um, uh, educational outcomes uh, along racial lines would be another area, and perhaps um, um, questions involved involving uh, law enforcement and criminal justice processes, just to name a few. Um, and and so it so that might mean that um, you know uh, our our healthcare institutions. Uh, you know, Peace Health uh, being the large one, but other ones here in the county might have, they might, you know, want to say, well, what can we do in, in, in such an area? When it comes to education, obviously we have uh, all of the school districts in the county, um, uh, the Technical College, the Community College, Western Washington University um, um, might say, well, here's, here's something that we might be able to do and put our heads together in, in, in this area or that area. So I thought, uh, one of the okay. things I, I want listeners to 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 understand is that uh, the commission's job is just to identify these areas, and then it is the 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 it is incumbent on public and private actors, government and uh, other institutional players, to come up with ideas about about how we can address these problems in, okay. in league, in collaboration with, with the commission, because the people who sit on yeah. the commission also are expected to be people who represent a lot of these institutional players. Okay. And so, so you have uh, those well, players on the inside of the commission and then also, you know, going out into their institutional areas and the broader community and saying, saying okay, let's develop some partnerships to, to address some of these problems. All right. We're talking with uh, Vernon Damani Johnson. Uh, He's on the um, uh, committee that is uh, appointing uh, members to this uh, Watkins Racial Equity Commission. And I guess, will the commission, as it it takes form and starts its work, will it go into the, you know, into into its work, I guess, just assuming with the, uh, just the assumption or the thought that, 
systemic race and racism does exist in all these different um, structures in in education, or is it more? Let's look at these different areas and see. Do we see evidence of this? Do you, do you get what I'm saying there? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I would uh, lean toward the latter. Okay. Um, uh, with uh, keeping in mind that that uh, there is some data around um, with respect to educational outcomes in, in the county and even things like incarceration rates of uh, of, of various communities of color uh, vis-a-vis their their ratio uh, within the larger population and things like that, and so it, it'll be using that kind of stuff, and then then their their uh, hopefully, at its best, there'll be a data collection piece um, in the commission where it can then begin to, to go out and, and, and gather more data. Um, but um, uh, um, especially, I think a lot of the people who, who come to the commission um, as community members are probably going to be people who believe that 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 um, that there already is sort of institutional. Um, uh, racism or systemic racism that exists, but when you come to some of the other, you know, players um, that are sent um, by uh, uh, like uh, educational institutions um, and uh, the like, and, uh, and and some of the other areas, um, then uh, th- th- there may be more skepticism about that, or, or uh, so. But let's take a look. So we, we don't pretend that we already know the answers to, to these questions. And uh, that'll be um, a, a part of what I view uh, the commission as, as as being a platform for is, is having a conversation about all this stuff, too, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, which is, is rare in America these days. I mean, mostly we, we, um, we have our... Uh, we have our basic beliefs that, that especially as mature adults, that that that, that uh, we we go through the world with. So we're looking at the world with particular values, principles, and through certain lenses. And uh, in this so- social media er- era that we live in now, uh, you know, and look to a certain extent, I might even be talking about myself. Uh, we, we, we get into our echo chambers where we find the stuff that already confirms what we believe or want to believe about the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't do a lot of time talking to one another. And um, and, and, and that's that's a, a bit of a, a, a sweeping generalization because I, I do think that people um, you know, who have different uh, political and, and other views about the world, I mean, that certainly that they are still talking each other here and there within families or neighbors and so forth. Um, but I don't, I think there's not as much of that as there needs to be in a time when the views about public policy and where America is going and so forth, and even things like racial identities, all that are, are as polarized as ever. It, it, it's more important that we actually create platforms and areas where we're actually talking to each other. And um, and I think there's far too few of those. And the hope is that this com- com- commission um, and the people who populate it will be an arena for that kind of c- 
conversation. Now, I've talked to people who are concerned that uh, a commission like this would could lead to more division within the community. And I guess how would you respond to, to that idea? Uh, well, it's going to be, um, I, I think that, that, that that's a distinct possibility. I think that's a distinct possibility. And, and I think, uh, and, and, and some of the, uh, you know, because as, as a member of the appointment committee, when the, uh, announcement came out that the commission was seeking applications for people uh, to be uh, the appointed members um, because, again, there are these representative members that are coming from designated institutional areas and so forth. But uh, for the uh, 15 or so people who would be what we call appointed members, that they come from, uh, uh, let me just be frank, I like, I like, I want to make sure that there's some people who we would say are more politically conservative uh-huh. um, that are on this commission. Uh, people from faith communities, and I don't want to make, make a broad stroke and, and assume that, that, that when you say faith community, you say conservative, because I I have a lot of, uh, of pretty liberal friends who are, who are, who are very devout uh, religious folks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, you know, people from, you know, it, it, it could be characterized as, oh, a bunch of Bellingham liberals. I've been reaching out to people in Linden and Ferndale that I know uh-huh. uh, who are, the, the, the Linden people are, are, are people who are very much involved in, in, in their church's activities. Uh, to get people like that on the commission as well so that we can have um, a diversity of worldviews on the commission as it goes forward. Yeah, I, I I think that is is really important, and I've I've heard concerns too about who might be on this commission and and what uh, they might bring. Uh, and it, it to me it makes sense that we have uh, an organization like this that is looking at our our systems and in uh, all aspects of our community and seeing where systemic racism might exist and 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 to bring ideas uh, uh, forward about how it could be how it could be confronted and dealt with. I guess, you know, another question I have quick before, and we'll take some calls and get some folks on the line, but um, a question I would have, uh, I guess, and just asking personally, but, uh, you know, what charge that I hear from many who are, um, you know, scoff at the idea or the concept of systemic racism is that it's, it, it's putting the onus on, you know, we're, we're telling white children, for instance, that they're all oppressors and we're telling black children or minority children that they're all oppressed. And uh, I mean, is that uh, how would you respond to that? Well, um, well, of course, the, the kids are not if we're talking about people in school, they're, they're not oppressors, but they haven't done anything to anyone yet. I mean, I mean, they're too young for that. I think a lot of the people involved in, in things like this 1619 project um, that's been around for a couple of years, um, they would say that we need to tell the real story about how different groups of people fared in American history. Uh, and, of course, then uh, the, some of the folks that you're talking about would push back and say, well, yeah, but, you know, it's, 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 there's not, it's not a pretty picture. I mean, you, if you talk about how it is that a non-Indigenous majority 
comes to occupy uh, most of the land in the country and um, and to, 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 to then achieve material success and prosperity uh, while those who are indigenous to the country are, are you know, at, at the aggregate level are the most impoverished people in the country. Um, uh, well, that's not a pretty story. Um, but it, you see, now here's one of the things I've always talked about uh, when we talk about race and racial difference in terms of outcomes and racial inequality. Um, you know, if you took a look at income levels and and uh, uh, attainment of education and all that kind of stuff, black and brown people, indigenous people uh, come out um, doing more poorly than, than white people in all these areas. And I always put it to my students. So, so that, and then we know that with all of these groups, um, there, there have been stereotypes about them that they're, they're not as smart, they're not as intelligent, uh, they're lazy, and these kinds of things. And, and, and so I always say to my students, you got two choices here. Either that's true, that they're not as smart, they're, not, they're, they're lazy, they're not as capable or able, or something's been going on over the generations that causes those outcomes to be the way that they are. Um, and um, so, or maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, so, so, so if you, you know, you know, uh, those who say, oh, oh, all those dumb, you know, uh, you know, Indians or, or lazy black people historically, uh, then you, you, you look at history and say, well, people weren't dumb. They weren't lazy. Uh, but, but bad stuff happened to them. So that's just a kind of a part of the, the story. And, and I do, I do think that there's, um, see, black people, uh, indigenous people, people of color, you know, again, large, again, no group is, 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 um, is, 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 is homogeneous in any of these ways, but, uh, there's an awful lot of mistrust of majority white America. Let me just talk about in the black community. Um, and so why is that? Because they, they're carrying intergenerational, you know, baggage and some would even say trauma from what happened to their families, from, the injustice and, and sorts of things that, that, that they suffered, and so um, you know, uh, so so the, the people of color are carrying that and also knowledge of things, and often white people, uh, to use the language of Robin DiAngelo, the, uh, the 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 white woman who's a uh, diversity and, and equity and inclusion trainer, she says white people are swimming. In, in, in the waters of institutional racism, and they can't see it. Uh, she talks about being white like being a fish in water. You're swimming in it. You can't see it when it comes to racial injustice. And so you got two groups of people who, who are walking through the world, seeing the world quite differently. Uh -huh. um, how do we resolve that problem? They have to have a common base of information, and then we have to go forward. All right. Well, I need to take a quick break. I hope hope you can stick around for a little bit longer. Okay, just a little bit. Let's, I, I, I would love to take some questions. Okay, a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Dabani Johnson. Uh, he is the once member of the appointment committee for the Whatcom Racial Equity Commission that is taking shape 
as we speak. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment with uh, your calls and questions here on KGMI Connects. Have you been laid off? How about never had a job? Do you now work at a bunch of part-time jobs but can't make ends meet? We may be able to help. Northwest Workforce Council has programs to help people who want to train for an in-demand, full-time career that pays a good wage. If this sounds good to you and you want to work full-time, we may be able to help. To learn more, go to nwc-connect.org and click on Job Seeker Services. Fill out the application and we will get in touch with you to see if you are eligible. Or visit our office at 101 Prospect Street in Bellingham. Northwest Workforce Council is a proud partner of WorkSource and is an equal opportunity program. Auxiliary aids and services are available upon request for individuals with disabilities. Washington Relay Service 711. For more information about program funding, visit nwboard.org backslash about backslash federal dash resources. Sure. There are many contractors who promise quality construction, but few with 45 years of experience that you can trust. Good news, there's Honkoop Gravel. They have professionals with experience in site prep, drainage systems, house foundations, and custom projects all under one roof. And with 45 years of service experience, they do it right the first time. Honkoop Gravel, the full-service civil contractors you can trust. Honkoop Gravel in Linden, or visit honkoop.com for information. Are you looking for an auto shop that offers honest quality service? Hi, I'm Kirk, owner of Angler Automotive. At Angler Automotive, we strive to make sure that all of your automotive service needs are met. Angler Automotive provides the factory recommended services that are required to maintain your vehicle's warranty. Angler Automotive, outstanding quality with honest, reliable service. Check us out online at anglerautomotive.com. Have you recently lost your group insurance and need help finding an individual plan for you and your family? Maybe retirement is around the corner and you're starting to wonder how much Medicare and the plans that go with Medicare will cost. Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions. We know how confusing researching these plans on your own can be, so don't do it alone. Call us today at 866-733-5111 and let one of our licensed agents make this a stress-free process so you can get on with doing the things you enjoy. Join Windermere real estate experts Rick Todd, Julie Brown, and Lyle Sorensen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Seven things that movers hate to move. Radio real estate. Number one is foam mattresses. They're heavy and they don't have handles. They make a bag that comes with straps to roll it up and carry it. There's the mattress hack. Brought to you by Windermere Real Estate on KGMI AM 790 and 96.5 FM. Streaming live at MyBellinghamNow.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. And our guest here on the program is uh, Vernon Damani Johnson, a longtime political science professor at Western Washington University and a member of the appointment committee for the Whatcom Racial Equity Commission. Appreciate you being with us today, Damani. And uh, let's go to Rich in Ferndale has some thoughts. Hi, Rich. How's it going, Joe? Very good. Very good. Yes, I heard your guest a while back. I want to say one of the evening news guys did an interview, or he pretty well said the same thing. And this will serve to divide people. And this is a very sad thing to have a commission that's going to look for inequity. The law, we have laws that treat people fairly and equally. All kinds of things in the law says equal treatment under the law, can't 
uh, you can't discriminate based on race, religion, sex, race, nationality, blah, blah, blah. That's not enough now. We're equal opportunity and fair and equal treatment under law is not enough. Now we're looking for fair and equal outcomes. Well, the problem with outcomes is they are based on per- people's personal choices. So you can't make things fair. People, I don't know, this is just very well, divisive and it's very sad. And you spend a half well, hour basically saying nothing. Well, I, I would disagree with that, but but let let, let, let me uh, I'll let Damani uh, respond to that that thought there, Damani. Well, again, no, no, no I appreciate uh, your, your caller's concerns, um, but you know we we repeatedly um, get reports from school children who are black in places like. Ferndale, and or even in Bellingham, that the climate in the buildings is not uh, as open and accepting to them as it is to uh, their fellow white peers, um, and 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 uh, they don't feel um, uh, as accepted or as equal, and and they don't get the sense that the teachers uh, treat them uh, with the same uh, sort of sensitivity that they do the other students. Um, we know uh, Western Washington University students who are uh, black and brown uh, report, you know, being, you know, watched the moment they walk into uh, uh, commercial establishments, stores, and so forth, uh, and um, being racially profiled, uh, one could say. Um and in, in this county, um, of course, we have a long history with the with the Indian tribes. And if you're in Ferndale, um, um, uh, of course, Ferndale's gotten better in the way that it's uh, treated Native Americans. Um, and I, I used to do work in Ferndale up, in, up up until about the time of the millennium around Native American as well as um, uh, 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 Latino and, and immigrant populations. Um, in fact, we had something called the Ferndale Diversity Coalition out there that that helped raise some sensitivity. But I, but I think that um, we still have um, inequity in the way that the students are treated that, that, that discourages them from from doing as well. There's still you know employment discrimination that goes on and so forth you know, in the workplace or in, in attempts of people uh, for people to get into the workplace. So these are these are just things that that continue to happen, and so, um, you know, we can always do better. Uh, okay. And um, so, I mean, that that I could go on and on, but yeah. that that that's response to this, and I, well, I would encourage. I, I don't know. I didn't catch the gentleman's name. I can't remember it now, but I would love for somebody like you to be on the commission. Okay. Well, and that's more than fair. Now, I guess um, you know, obviously, there's been pushback from. You know, for for decades against uh, programs like affirmative action or the the idea that we can level the playing field by um, by balancing things out by you know offering contracts to minority owned businesses a certain a number of contracts say or um, you know even look at the NFL with the 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 Rooney Rule where teams have to interview uh, minority candidates for head coaching positions or programs like that that might be geared toward bringing more minorities into uh, positions of influence and power and what have you, 
or or just opportunity. And there's pushback against that, saying that's re- uh, reverse racism, or you can't you can't ki- fix racism by by instituting those kinds of programs, which some see as being unfair. So I guess how would you how would you respond to that? Well, just to, to things like affirmative action and so forth, and uh, um, that you can't. So, so what is it I'm responding to now? Well, is just it, the idea, the idea that those kind of programs are unfair, or that's not the way that we can push back against systemic racism. That you, you know, that what I hear is, you know, you can't fight racism with quote unquote racism, which is racism in reverse. Yeah, kind, yeah, yeah. Well, well I think that. That um, uh, a lot of look the, the outcomes. I mean, the, the reason that let's just say black families um, have um, um, the, the 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 wealth in, that's in black families in this country is is is, is much much. Uh, uh, I mean, is, uh, less than than the wealth in white families. And we we look at things like, well, first of all, employment discrimination historically. But also a big factor is like residential discrimination and and uh, and informal practices. I mean, in the in the American South, we had what they called Jim Crow, which was a, a set of legal laws uh, that um, you know uh, uh, discriminated against uh, black people in particular, but also brown people and Mexicans in the Southwest. Um, well, there was a softer form of Jim Crow, even in places like Bellingham. You know, Bellingham was a sunset town. You know, black people couldn't live in Bellingham uh, really until well into the post-World War II era. Um, but but when you look at neighborhoods that are mostly black, property values are systematically lower. Um, and um, that um, prevents black people from accruing, accruing the wealth that comes out of homeownership, which is the primary way that most American families accrue wealth in their, you know, wealth beyond just their income uh, in their lifetimes. Uh, and this systematic, what they call redlining, where even black people who had, you know, who were upper middle class and were professional would always be shown uh, housing only in black areas, uh, which systematically then gets in the way of families accruing Sort of of wealth and so uh, so forth intergenerationally. So 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 what, that's the, what's the point here? That these policies and practices were consciously um, implemented over generations. So I guess um, the only way to correct conscious racial discrimination is to consciously discriminate um, in order to. To, to, to get rid of those inequities. And, uh, you know, the, the word discrimination has has legal meaning in this country, and since it's become a legal term, it's it's a bad word. It's bad to discriminate. Mm-hmm. But I, I, as, a, as a social scientist and not a lawyer, and as a person who is a student of American politics and history, I would say that discrimination is not a bad thing. Uh, and, in fact, we discriminate... All the all the time, to discriminate means to uh, draw distinctions between things. Uh-huh. And well, uh, yeah. in fact, uh, responsible parents teach their children to discriminate all the time. Uh, I don't like that group of kids that you're hanging around. I think you, you, that you should hang around different 
kinds of people, or I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, punish you or or give you a curfew if you can't behave or do some of the kinds of things that I want you to do around the house. So we discrimination means to make choices between what's good for you and what's bad for you. So we, so we always discriminate. And in fact, in public policy making, discrimination is impossible to avoid. We 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 we, we collectively or we elect people to collectively um, make rules that there's always going to be somebody who's at a disadvantage when the rules are made. Mm-hmm. So um, so I just I say that the only way to consciously get rid of racism is, is to consciously, uh, when affirmative action was first created. In the 1960s, it was to say, "Look, let let's uh, take aggressive steps uh, to to allow black people, brown people, um, to be in workplaces and educational institutions where, in the past, um, they were prevented from being." Okay. Um, so, so diversify, and in fact, diversifying uh, schools and workplaces in a country that's increasingly diverse. I mean, for instance, if you want to. If you're, I don't know, whatever kind of company you are and that you have a product that you want to sell and, and, and you want to sell it in black communities, might be a good idea to have people on your, your, your public relations and marketing teams who are black. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I, I think that I've got a, I've got a teenager at home and, and, you know, it's a whole different culture. If you want to appeal to them, you've got to speak their language and it, it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so some of it, some of it is is just going to turn out to be good business practices anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I I, I don't want to. I've, I've talked long enough. Well, you and, um, you, you make a lot of sense, and I I really appreciate your time. And is is it still possible for people to apply for the commission, or is the as the personnel pretty much set, or do you have your pool of people you're considering, or what's that? Where's the where is uh, that? Well, the, the the deadline for applications is actually. Um, tomorrow, okay, <laughs> February twenty ninth. Um, but uh, I have a you know because uh you know we have um there's actually going to be like fifteen appointed members and then there's about nineteen that are being sent from these institutional areas. Uh, that, that, that those people will be appointed by their bosses and supervisors, and so they'll send representatives. Okay. Um, uh, but 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 the open uh areas are. There are 15 seats, and I I think um, uh, uh, that that the uh, applications are going to be left open for a while because it'd be nice to get to have more than 15 people apply, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, okay. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but I think the idea is to get a rich pool, and then and then you can you can select. And you know, if we get a couple of people from Linden and North County, Ferndale, Blaine, I, I think it's actually it, it's actually uh, it's going to be uh, important to have folks from all over the county. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on this thing, okay. So that that's going to be. I'm I'm one person and seven on that committee, but I won't be the only one that will be arguing. Look, you know, we we want to keep this open until we can get uh, the kind of pool okay. of folks to select from that we that, that we think is going to be in the best interest of the county going forward. Okay. Can people get an information on the county website if they're interested? I would go to Chuck, Chuck and I Health Foundation, but also on the county too. Um, um, it, it, it would have to be something uh, 
on Whatcom County somewhere, but uh, the Chuckanut Health Foundation, who was the fiscal okay. uh, sponsored, uh, you know, uh, providing office space and all that kind of stuff for the commission as it is is kicking off. Uh, it, uh, so the racial Whatcom Racial Equity Commission is, is featured prominently on their website, and I don't know if you have the link, um, Joe. Um, well, I can that, uh, find it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I got my computer here, and then it, it just the screen just went off because I wasn't using it. Um, but there um, was a, an announcement that was put out, you know, um, um, several weeks ago that has a um, a link on it. Um, yeah, but even if, I, like you said, if you just go to the uh, ChuckanutHealthFoundation.org, and right there on the front page, you'll see it's right. There's a picture of the county uh, the county uh, courthouse and. Uh, building bridges, shaping our future. Join the Watkins Racial Equity Commission. And uh, you got yeah. to pull it up. All my, right, my, my computer's acting weird, so I, I didn't right. have it. But well, Damani, I really appreciate your time today and your your discussion of this issue. It's really an important one, obviously, for our community and for our our nation, our world, for sure. And uh, yeah, appreciate you joining us and giving us your time. Well, thank you for for having me on, my man. You bet. All right, take care. We'll do it again. Okay, have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. And we'll take a quick break. We'll have a few minutes to take some phone calls here on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. MyBellinghamNow.com is an exciting new news site covering Bellingham, Whatcom, and surrounding areas. Breaking news, community and business updates, local crime and sports reports, the stories that connect us and make this an incredible place to call home. Connect with our community like never before on the all-new MyBellinghamNow.com. And the best part, it's 100% free. No news hidden behind a paywall ever. MyBellinghamNow.com. Your community, your news, just a click away. MyBellinghamNow.com. When you buy a Subaru, you're buying more than a vehicle. You're buying safety for your family, an investment that will hold its value, and something that will last a long, long time. In fewer words, you're buying trust. According to Consumer Reports, Subaru has been ranked the 2023 best mainstream automotive brand. And the Subaru Outback has been named a 2024 recommended model. For a limited time, you can celebrate them both with special offers during the Subaru A Lot to Love event at Dewey Griffin Subaru. On now through April 1st. Stop into Dewey Griffin Subaru and find out how you can get up to 1.9% APR financing on select new 2024 Subaru Outback models. Plus, when you purchase a Subaru from Dewey, you'll be supporting a local dealership that supports our local community. Dewey Griffin Subaru. Community-minded, community-driven, and the only Subaru certified tire and service center in Whatcom County. Learn more at Subaru.com slash CR. Ready to build that new home? Do you want precision site preparations, seamless drainage systems, and sturdy house foundations? Honkoop Gravel is your answer. Experience is the difference of their full-service civil contractors and state-of-the-art heavy equipment. With over 45 years of service, they ensure quality done right the first time. Honkoop Gravel, the professional team you want for your next project. In Linden or at honkoopgravel.com. Have you recently lost your group insurance and need help finding an individual plan for you and your family? Maybe retirement is around the corner. 
and you're starting to wonder how much Medicare and the plans that go with Medicare will cost. Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions. We know how confusing researching these plans on your own can be, so don't do it alone. Call us today at 866-733-5111 and let one of our licensed agents make this a stress-free process so you can get on with doing the things you enjoy. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. No gimmicks, just the highest quality systems, 0% interest financing, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Rely on West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. Contact them today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and MyBellinghamNow.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. we got a few minutes to take some calls, and let's go to Jimmy over on San Juan Island. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I I, I uh, listened to his whole speech there and everything he had to say. It was so hard. Uh, you know, I I cut my teeth on Dr. Martin Luther King, and I totally understood as a eight, nine-year-old boy, yeah, that's right, of course. Judge a man by the content of his character and not the color of his skin. And, man, I think we came so far but a lot of a lot of things people do like uh letting the perfect be the enemy of the good we we cannot create utopia and and, uh mr johnson and that movement is killing dr dr martin luther king's dream just as surely as as a uh, bald-headed uh racist with a with a tattoo of a swastika on his arm he's killing it just as quickly as as somebody like that could, well, we, can, we cannot have this. We cannot have this DEI and think it's going to help people. You want to talk about privilege? I Well, let me just ask you: Do you think we've reached the point in our society where people are simply judged by on the the content of their character and not the color of their skin? Uh, no, because we're always going to have assholes and, uh, okay. and people who. Okay. who who, right. who are okay. pre, pre, prepositioned to, to be wrong in their thinking. Okay. And we're just stuck. We're stuck with them. But we've come really far. I, I think I think Dr. Uh, King would have been really happy uh, with what was achieved uh, shortly after his his murder. But he probably and, and, would have pushed. Couple, but he probably would have pushed for more, don't you think? He, he probably would have pushed for more. But I tell you what, we have flip flops. You know, I used to, okay. so right. for most of my life, I didn't pay attention to somebody's color. Now I'm, I'm being commanded to pay attention to their color. What is that, Joe? Okay, Jim. Outcome, outcome is up to the individual. I could tell you about being disadvantaged. I could tell you all about it because I know all about it. But this is okay. harmful. Okay, all right. Oh, it, is, okay. it is not good. I appreciate your thoughts, and I, I want to. I just have a very limited amount of time, and I got a few callers here. So, Jim, I appreciate you calling. Uh, let's go to Glenn here in Bellingham. Hi, Glenn. Yeah, yeah hi, Rick. Glad to have you on there, Joe. Uh, no waste of time. Keep Rich on there. Sensible, I believe. Common sense, reasonable. He's a good argument man to be with. But there's a lot of people like him, men and women. But keep up the program. 
good deals. All right, Glenn. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Definitely. And we'll, and keep calling yourself, too. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Eric out in the county. Hi, Eric. Hi, Joe. You know, I'm in, in complete agreement with every other caller today. It was very difficult to listen to. I listened intently for something, some point uh, that I could agree with him on. And finally, he said, I've talked long enough. And I was in complete agreement. Well, no. uh, the man, the man reminded me of Ibrahim X. Kendi, who was a totally inarticulate ideologue. Well, now, why uh, you think that what he was saying had no legitimacy whatsoever? You do you think that we live in a colorblind society? Well, I don't think we'll ever live in a colorblind society. Is there as long as there are people like him? stirring the pot. You know, he, he, he offered as evidence uh, uh, a child's subjective feelings, a grade school children's subjective feelings as evidence. I don't think that's adequate evidence. Uh, children feel the way they do for a whole lot of reasons. Perhaps they had listened to a presentation by him and were convinced that that every white person they encountered, uh, you know, had some sort of a uh, a white privilege status over them. Uh, we raise people to feel like victims, and they become victims. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. We do not do our children any service by indoctrinating them into this sort of stuff. They tried it in China back during the Cultural Revolution. I used to be a, a huge leftist. Uh, I'm uh, on the complete opposite side of the spectrum because I recognize the damage that Marxism does to the human spirit. Well, but Marxism is something. We're not talking about Marxism here. I, I, yes, we are. Yes, we are. When we come, this, when it comes this, to racial equity DE, and DEI, DEI is is an outgrowth of a Marxist theory. I, now, Marxism Critical is race theory well, is a Marxist theory. No, 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 no. Marxism is an economic system. It's not. It's Marxism not, is much more than an economic system, Joe. Well, it, know it has it has been Don't perverted like over me. over the years, and and when it's been put in place uh, by by dictators and dictatorial regimes, but uh, but to to simply label efforts to uh, promote diversity in our society, I. I think it's I, I think it's I think it's a misuse of that term to call it Marxist or because that that carries a lot of comment connotations beyond you you, uh, you 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 bet it does okay you bet it does all right Eric well I appreciate your thoughts and uh, we'll continue our conversation I think we've uh, we got something going here and we got a bunch of other callers on the line I just don't have time to get to you because I pushed a lot of commercials back and everything but we'll continue it tomorrow for sure right here on KG Mike Connects four o'clock. Here on KGMI, we should have most of the hour to to discuss as we have high school basketball tomorrow as well.